0: Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Mm. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody
1: ready? Monday, Monday. Just
0: another manic Monday.
1: Let's get it rolling. <laughs>
2: It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Broadcasting, live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from
3: us. What's happening, Gordon Monson? I'm doing all right, Jake. How are you? Now, <laughs> I'm told you uh, you told me a funny story. Well, not really all that funny, but it was kind of a crazy story from your weekend that I will not repeat. I appreciate um, that. because, But, but uh, Jake, uh, you know, sometimes... Sometimes you're you're lucky, and sometimes you're not. Uh, but wait. I don't know if I was lucky or not in that story. <laughs> Could have been worse, I guess. Did uh, did I hear you were going on with PK this morning?
2: I did go on with PK this morning. And how'd
3: that go for you?
2: It's good. He he tried to you know needle me into saying bad things about you, which of I, I, I of course. Uh, refused to do. Oh. Well, that, that's he did ask nice me how much uh, what percentage of your stories I thought were true. What'd you say? Well, zero.
3: Oh, please.
2: Uh what, what did he he asked me to to relay some story about how some 25-year-old at a concert, uh, the Dirk Bentley show thought that uh, looked right at him and said did you used to be my boyfriend or something like that? PK thinks he still has it from a look standpoint <laughs> because of that. But he also uh, he told me to ask you, what was the other one? Oh, that that something about a Hollywood tour
3: that you uh, say happened, yeah. but apparently Lisa says never happened. I have got this is one of the great mysteries of my life. And I don't know how to find out what really happened. So you have a vivid memory of something that Lisa says did not happen. Well, it did not happen with her. Ugh. Unless I did it with someone else. <laughs> okay, so we shouldn't go down this No, road. no, it's okay. I mean, I might have been with someone else when I was covering a game or something. But this is really troubling, Jake. Because I remember going on a, a tour of Hollywood. Okay. In like a van. A van, not not one of those, like, open-air buses? No, it wasn't open-air, but it, like a, like open a, air, but like it was... Like a creepy a, van? It was, it was, like, some sort of tourist a okay. vehicle. Okay. And I remember getting in this and riding around and seeing celebrity houses. Okay. Uh, now, I used to live down there, and so I was familiar with some of that area already. And as you know, I had been to the Playboy Mansion. Uh-huh, you mentioned. And... And... uh this tour took us by the Playboy Mansion, and they said that's the Playboy Mansion. And you said I've been there. Don't worry. And I said, oh yeah, well this is a different angle of it from over here, but yeah, I've been there. And I remember going to Lucille Ball's past her house. And
4: other so you uh, have old time
3: Vivid memories. I remember of this, those of things. This tour. Okay. And yet I'm talking to PK and his lovely. Uh, bride Jackie. Wait, real real and Lisa quick here, and so it's not like a romantic memory. No. Okay, so
2: that changes no. a little bit. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, anyway, just a continue. tourist thing. Okay,
3: and and uh, I was telling this story to Jackie and PK, and Lisa turned to me and said, "We didn't do this." <laughs> and I said, "Well, I did." And she's like I said, "No, you didn't." And I said, "Yes, I did. I did it with someone, and I can't figure out who. If it wasn't Lisa, I can't figure out who it was, but." It's calling into question my memory. Hmm. But I remember doing it clear as—and P.K. just couldn't stop laughing over this. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So
2: this morning he told me to bring that up with you. So blame him for that.
3: Have you ever had a memory of something and nobody else remembers doing it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, but that's probably for an entirely different reason. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Actually, I take that back because usually my memories don't exist. I'm not usually creating memories. Usually the memories leave me.
3: Well, okay. Well, this this is clear as day in my mind. And either I am absolutely going crazy or it is absolutely true. And I have to find out because I didn't do it myself. I didn't go myself. I was with someone. So if anyone's out there who I took this tour with, please substantiate that, will you please? And if you remember the media and we were down there covering a game or something. Pass the information along because I need to know. Now I can just see it now, the texts and tweets we're going to have coming in.
2: P.K. Uh, PK, and I got into our uh, discussion about how nobody else in the West got better, and he accused us both of being jazz homers. But then I explained the discussion to him. He thinks Phoenix has gotten better because he's crazy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait a minute. P.K. was calling us homers? Yeah, yeah. Cause he, well, he
2: thought we were saying that the jazz – were the only team that got better. And I said, that was kind of the discussion. I said, it was more tinkering around the edges. I mean, they didn't really, you could make a, they're a little bit more flexible. They've got a little bit more depth, but it's just, you can make an argument they're a little better than last year, but that wasn't the point of our discussion. The point of our discussion was the other teams in the West, nobody really took a a big step forward, if a step forward at all. As
1: a longtime Valley resident, and I'm speaking Valley of the Sun, (laughs)
2: No, I'm trying to He loves himself, he so he was about.
1: trying to tell me, well, they added JaVale McGee. And I said, oh, hold up, <laughs> JaVale McGee. I grew up in Phoenix, went to ASU, went to Thunderbird High, so I've uh, I, you know, I followed Phoenix stuff. My family all lives there. What's he saying at the Landry
2: Shamit. They added Landry Shamit. Oh, my goodness. Who was he talking to there when he said all that? Oh, who knows? He he dropped it into like every interview at uh, <laughs> uh, Pac-12 Media. But I thought it was a good discussion. Uh, uh-huh. uh Hopefully they have it in podcast form if you want to go listen to it. It's it's always fun dropping uh, dropping in with PK. Oh, yeah. He was in a good mood even though he was flying solo. Are you jumping on with him tomorrow?
3: I am for a, a segment so. I'm so.
2: sure he'll try to get you to say bad things about me because that's just what he does. So be
3: be prepared. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, if you ask me how many of the things you say are true, I'll... Zero. 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 That's, that's an acceptable answer. See, I, I am so falsely accused here because other than the Flying V description and uh, uh, maybe uh, the description of a single hockey player here or there, everything else on this show I have said is 100% true.
2: Jeff, Jeff Hanson tweets the show. He says, definitely remember taking tour with Gordon. Tom Cruise invited us in for drinks, but Gordon was underdressed. <laughs>
3: I knew oh, it. Man. I knew it was coming right
2: off the bat. Jeff Woo, wins the show. Nailed it. Wow. Pretty good. I'd invite you in for drinks, but your buddy here is underdressed.
3: He's wearing an Oscar the Grouch T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed at a I stayed at a resort once that Tom Cruise stayed at.
2: Like at the same time, or just he
5: no, stayed there
3: before. It's just I think he'd stay there just before because they told me. And Tom was just. Oh, here. I,
5: I used the urinal uh, after Uderukdor, uh, uh, ones. Yeah. Was this? Uh, you were did. You, I did. Yeah. Were you looking into
2: Scientology? Was this no. during your life exploration phase, no. or what? Looking around, no. seeing what else
3: is out there. No. Checking Who, your checking your thetan levels. Who's uh, Who's the most famous person you've ever uh, relieved <laughs> yourself next to? Oh, what a terrible.
2: We're question. really gonna have yeah, this kind that, of contest that's here. here.
5: Gonna, that's gonna happen.
3: Was <laughs> that on the air? No. Oh, pretty funny.
2: I stayed in a hotel Tom Cruise once stayed in.
5: What? How, it's, not anyone can claim that. There's no way right. to substantiate that at all. It's 100% true, fellas. But how? But what does that... Because we're
3: the, talking about Tom Cruise. That's my only connection to him. It's not really a connection. That, <laughs> no, that's the really. point. Yeah. You know who else <laughs> had stayed there, they told me, was Tony Blair.
2: Oh. <laughs> Oh, the former British Prime Minister.
5: Uh-oh. Wow, how about that? Oh, I thought the speed skater.
2: You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce over to the 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 Sheridan <laughs> over on Fifth South just because uh,
3: Obama stayed there when he was in town a couple of years ago. I'm begging you, I'm begging you. If there's somebody out there within the sound of my voice who remembers going on a Hollywood tour with me, Jeff I does. Am, I am begging you. Besides Jeff, Jeff does. <laughs> if someone out there can uh, can confirm that for me, I would appreciate it. All right, good. That'll make my day. If, if I can get to the bottom of that, that will absolutely so make my day. So you're banking on the
2: fact that one of our listeners happened to be on the same no, weird I'm hoping bus that tour? Of, I what?
3: might have been with another media member or something. I'm just hoping somehow the word can spread so that I can. This is one of the great mysteries of my life. So maybe Leah Wadraska is listening and can haul her into the show? Or... <laughs> or Jay Drew or somebody. I don't know who it was. I can't remember. Anyway. Okay.
2: Nice weekend. You have a good time. Yeah, I did. That's good. How was yours? Uh, it was all right. Uh, I it was. It was good. We saw some friends I haven't seen in a minute. That's always a. Uh-huh. that's always a good thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I had multiple birthday parties on Saturday for my daughter. So that's uh, that's always a fun thing, right?
3: Did you where'd you have them? Where'd you hold them?
2: Oh, uh, one was at a swimming pool, and one was at a uh, a, a, um, a playground, a Western themed playground in West Valley, which was really cool, actually.
3: So. Explain something to me. Was 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 this a delayed birthday party for Sadie, or was it? Or was she attending someone else? She else's was birthday? attending somebody else. Okay, multiple. Because I know how you like to move birthdays around. So uh, I was... love that rule for everybody
2: else as a rule, but for you, <laughs> you lost all credibility last year when you had a
3: big birthday bash like a week before. <laughs> well, that wasn't my doing. That was somebody else's, but.
2: But not okay for everybody else, no, not okay, okay for, for you. Oh, no, not
3: okay for me. I didn't
2: either. see you rejecting the party. Sorry, everybody, go home. It's not <laughs> my birthday.
3: <laughs> yeah. Have you ever really been surprised by a birthday party? <clears throat> uh, not on my birthday,
2: but I was, like, surprised by a birthday-related thing. <laughs> like
5: what? Just a couple weeks ago.
2: Oh, well, that is true. That's not what I was thinking about. Uh, Definitely true. Where I got kidnapped uh, last month for my 40th and uh, went on a trip. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, But this is kind of a funny story. Um, So you remember our old boss, Kayvon? Yeah. So when my wife and I, when Naz and I were doing, we did the long distance thing for a little bit while she started law school. And it was my 30th birthday. So it was 10 years ago. Wow, Jake. So she flew in and surprised me. But it was not on my birthday. It was a couple of days before. But it, the where our boss Kayvon comes in, and she had called Kayvon and said that she was coming and set up a to surprise me at a restaurant uh-huh. over lunch. Uh-huh. And Kayvon scared the hell out of me with this mean consultant story coming to town or something like that just because he thought it was funny. <laughs> so he's like, oh, this consultant's in town. We're going to lunch with him. And you know what? He is just... He just is not liking what the station is doing. I mean, we got a lot to go over with this guy. And he just laid it on super thick. And the But the funny part of the story was I was so focused on this big, scary consultant we were talking to that we get to the restaurant, and Naz is already in a booth. And so we come up to the booth or whatever, and I look over at Naz, and I look back. And I was like, Naz, it, it's great to see you, but we've got a consultant. <laughs> We've got this consultant coming that I've I've really gotta be on my game here. And Kayvon had to be like No, that that was That is the that consultant. That was uh that yeah, she is the I think he might have actually said just that. Yeah, she is the consultant. Just blew is it. A- <laughs> you just blow off
3: Naz. Sorry, Naz, I'll get back to you. I got a big I got a big meeting here. Oh, I have my right. eye on the ball. That must I mean, other than the fact that you blew it. You know, I mean that—that that would have been a really cool. It surprise. was. It was a great surprise. Yeah, that was. awesome. You were too preoccupied. With <laughs> so the I was boss. like, "Hey,
2: good to see you, but I gotta—I gotta keep my eye. We gotta—we <laughs> got a guy here who's gonna uh, absolutely rip the station to shreds. I gotta play defense. I gotta be
3: focused here." And oh, oh, that Jake walks in and says, "Hey, right. I'll talk to you later."
5: <laughs> it's not a good time, okay? Yes. <laughs>
3: I'll get back to you.
2: <laughs> so anyway, yeah that that was that was a surprise and then yeah, for my 40th where she didn't
3: tell me what we were doing or where we were going I didn't even know what was happening. Have you ever had a big crowd surprise you? No you? yeah uh, for my 40th um and that was a real that was a real transition period because uh I don't know what reason the black balloons or whatever, but 40. They really laid it on thick. And I went to dinner with a couple of friends. And then when we came home, the house was full of people. And it really did. And I was distracted on that moment too. Not quite like you, but when I came in the stairs, when I came in, I immediately smelled smoke in the house. So I went running upstairs, and everybody surprised me as I came through the door. And and it turned out that my daughter had started the fireplace and forgotten to open the flue. And so that's what the smoke was from. But anyway, so I thought my house was burning down. And I came in the room and everybody jumped out and said, surprise. There were
2: so many, like, funny ways that that story could have ended just based on the, I smelled smoke in the house and ran upstairs and... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if it's somebody's <laughs> there it's was so, Bob Marley
3: music playing <laughs> and my sister or my daughter said, "Hey, what are you doing home?" If <laughs> it's somebody's birthday, "Hey, let's do it this way. Everybody, let's celebrate everyone's birthday today." That
5: for the totally entire goes calendar. against your rule.
3: I know. It does. It just bothers me that people think birthdays are completely mobile.
5: They are mobile. Yesterday was my daughter's 3rd birthday. All right. Yeah, Austin, uh, you guys did the party thing, right? We did. We cooked up some hamburgers. I cooked like forty-six hamburgers. Spilled the grease trap all over the porch. It's it's over. I hope
2: it's, you. I hope you went with the pre-made patties. As oh yeah. To, you weren't smashing patties all day, were you? No, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. I, I, How I, many
5: people were you preparing for? Uh, well, that was that was six a, six hungry <laughs> crowd. The hungry crowd. Or burgers. Six, six <laughs> offensive linemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, that was in question that's why I made so many I see. then I, we had way too many and I had two burgers for lunch today so there you go I'll well, have was, three for dinner and. okay so how
3: what's the best way to prepare a hamburger slash cheeseburger uh,
5: this was literally the first time I'd ever done it and everyone liked it so where'd
3: you what would you cook it on a grill okay so that's what everyone says but I was reading over the weekend and it said the best way to make the best cheeseburger or hamburger is to cook them in a in an iron
5: skillet well, my grill is more of an iron skillet griddle. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, 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 so it can I soak, soak yeah. in
3: its own juices, essentially. It was long, a
5: lot of soaking. Long story short, you're doing it wrong, Austin. Am I? Yeah.
3: That's I just what this said. I, I don't know. What
5: do I know? Some chef. I, I just wanted to throw it in that my birthday, my uh, daughter's birthday actually happened this last yeah. weekend. we oh, so. good.
2: Happy three. Happy birthday. Yeah, yep. that's great. Well, Harper Horton. You're a cute kid. Have you seen the pictures? I have seen yeah. some pictures. Yeah. Uh, let's dive into uh, let's dive into the split story. We'll get to that coming up. Next, okay. We'll get right in. it. Really productive here. Very. That's okay. We're productive. just
3: warming up for the big show. We
2: are. Um, I uh, I went up to in between birthday parties. I went up to the Ute scrimmage over the weekend. And you'll have to tell us what you saw. Well, we didn't see much, honestly, because we weren't allowed to see much, if really anything at all. But I can tell you what uh, the interviews were like and what the themes were. And, hey, the new
3: press room's nice. Yeah, good. Good. I don't understand why teams, college teams, are so paranoid that someone's going to be spying on them. Well, it's probably because they're spying on others. You know that, right?
2: <laughs> Says a little something about yeah, what's going right. through their minds. right. They're paranoid because they're doing the same thing. Yeah,
3: it's just kind of silly. I mean, football's football.
2: Out to the zone phone we go. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, what's up, buddy?
4: How's it going today, guys? Good, man. Good weekend for you? It was great, yes. It's uh, everything, you know, the summer's over, but it's still good. Well, let's,
2: uh, let's improve some of our listeners' lives out there. If they've uh, been struggling with ED, the, the, uh, the, the pill not working anymore, the side effects, you're tired of it, today is your lucky day.
4: Today is your day, and science is speaking, I think, louder and louder every month on our technology, uh, showing that wave therapy opens up blood vessels, it can get rid of erectile dysfunction, uh, or if you don't have ED, it just improves blood flow probably improves frequency in the bedroom, and that's a great thing for couples. The most recent study actually took a group of men and gave them a fake treatment um, and then took a group of men and gave them the treatment with our technology, took x-rays after, gauged the blood flow, and the, uh, the fake technology did nothing. Our technology regrew blood vessels. So it's more and more of this. We're seeing so many good results increased blood flow, no more ED, we're finally treating the problem at the root cause.
2: No longer treating the symptom, treating the problem. What a novel concept.
4: That's right. The pill, that's why guys take it over and over. They take more of it. The side effects are killer. It doesn't fix anything. And that's all we've done for 30 years. What we're seeing is that couples don't really want to uh, plan or schedule the intimate moments. They want them to just happen. And that is what our technology can accomplish, is getting the spontaneity back.
2: 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Uh, you always take such great care of our listeners if they call in, too.
4: Yeah, we do. And a lot of guys come in just with questions or to take advantage of some of the free. That is uh, totally okay with us. You can leave your wallet at home. Uh, call us today. Uh, You'll meet with our doctor. He'll do an assessment, an exam and a blood flow ultrasound. Uh, You get the gift that produces the powerful results in the bedroom. Very popular. And if you feel a little lethargic or lacking drive, blood work and testosterone is free at Wasatch Medical. Also, I know guys spending thousands on that. And those days are over. It's totally no charge. 801-901-8000 801-901-8000
2: call today thanks Andrew thank you guys that's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic we're talking college football coming up next on the big show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone
0: this is DJ and PK Joe Engel's
5: joining us. You told us you wanted a medal. So I'm curious, in the middle of that game, knowing how
2: bad you wanted it, was it just another basketball game or was it a different deal because you knew what was at stake every minute of the game?
0: It was probably the most different feeling I've had in a basketball game,
5: if that makes any kind of sense. All time playing for a medal, whether that be the semifinal or a third, fourth game, we were 0-11. We built this thing for 12 years. Obviously the goal was to win a gold medal. Once we lost the semifinal to the U.S., I think what we've Struggled with in the past is the mental part between losing that game and in 36 hours having to back it up to still play off for a medal. And the guys that have been there those last few campaigns, there was just no way we
0: were going to lose. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.8 of the Zone. Band of the Day today is Pink Floyd, selected by me and brought to you by our friends at Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to LiveNation.com. Have you seen this movie? I have not. I watched it for the first time in like ninth grade. Pretty mind-blowing for a child of that age. You know it's just one big long music video, right? It's like Is a it? Yeah. Anyway. You haven't seen it really? That was that was your generation. I yeah. thought that was your wheelhouse. Yeah,
3: I don't know. I don't know why, missing Never that. never into Pink Floyd? Uh I don't know. I mean, I used to listen to Pink Floyd, but uh, not heavy duty.
2: Well, let's get into the split story of the day, shall we, Gordo? Yeah. Austin.
0: Two guys, two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: There is no timeline. Uh, sooner rather than later is still, is still uh, obviously optimal, but uh, it's, close, it's so close right now I can tell you not, no decision will be made prior to next week's scrimmage. And then hopefully shortly thereafter, it'll be made. But What's? don't hold me to that because, if, you know, we're going to take as much time as we need. Gordon, the
2: youth scrimmaged over the weekend. I went up there for media availability, which uh, it was the first media availability in the new uh, media room, which is in the, the renovated part of the stadium. Uh, I got to say, well, nice, from huh? what I, I saw of it, it looked pretty Nice. Um, you know, they like we talked about last week, they, they invested a lot of uh, careful thought and time and energy into it. I would expect that they did it right. And from what I could see, pretty nice. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff. Um, the theme, Gordon, and I, I want to ask you about this. Uh, the theme around the availability was on Saturday that the offense outdid the defense. Coach Witt said that. The offense outdid the defense. And of course, Coach talked about the quarterback battle, which remains the biggest story. I don't know how big of a story maybe it is. You know, they're certainly not going to tell us when they have made a decision. So that's kind of funny. But um, that's actually good news for
3: Utah football. What? That the offense outdid the defense.
2: See, okay, so that's what I was going to ask you. This, This is, you hear this after every scrimmage in every camp, spring and fall for that matter.
3: Oh, the defense won. The offense won. The defense won. <laughs> Do you believe it? Because I, I don't. Well, not having seen the scrimmage, it's hard to tell. But um, you think they're just trying to prop up the, uh, the offense because the defense is going to be good. Well, I bet you money. The next scrimmage next week. Well, the defense
2: rebounded this week. Boy, the defense was sure good. I, I think it's. I think it's about the message that he wants to put out there. I mean, let me uh, reading totally reading between the lines. Mm-hmm. All right? Cuz they we we talked to Mika Tafua and we talked to Devin Lloyd too, but but I noticed it with Mika. Somebody asked him said, "Oh, the coach Witt said the offense won the day." And Mika Tafua was kind of like He said that, did he? Uh, okay, well, yeah, I guess we got to get better. You know, kind of like he, he said the right thing and he answered and he said, you know, we've got to work and exactly what you'd expect to hear. But I, I felt like his body language kind of like, well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but what, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I don't know if it's he's trying to motivate the offense, trying to hide the offense, you know, maybe he's trying to motivate the defense. Maybe by saying, oh, the defense came up short, he's trying to kick a few butts in that area. I just don't know if I buy the—because it's always the narrative that comes out of the camp. Like, oh, the offense won, the defense won. It always seems to go back and forth.
3: Well, uh, you know, we've gotten to the point now where, you know, anybody who is, has, has, a, has a, a mind of their own, anytime you hear a coach say anything, you have to sort of wonder if it's true.
2: Is that really true? Uh,
3: Yeah, I mean, and
2: and Britton Covey goes out of his way. We talked to him too. He goes out of his way to talk about both quarterbacks, you know, to to further the kind of narrative. And maybe that, maybe it is. Who knows?
5: Wait till you hear what Andy Ludwig said today. Yeah, right. But I don't think that he added three more quarterbacks to it.
2: (laughs) I don't think. I I don't think that they're saying those things to have a more well-informed fan base. Let me put it that way.
3: Well, I, I will say this, Jake. I've talked with enough coaches uh, off the record for to, to have heard from them many, many, many times. This is the message I want to send to my team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's going on all the time. Uh, many times, coaches, you're right, are not talking to the fan base. They're not talking to anyone in particular, other than sending certain thoughts to their players. So that does happen quite a bit. And, and
2: maybe this isn't the case in this circumstance. I want to speak more broadly because I don't really know. But they could also be sending the message on the quarterback thing to Cam Rising saying, don't transfer, please don't <laughs> transfer. Because they did that a couple of years ago. Remember when they had, what was his last name? Brandon was his first name. Yeah. Brandon Cox, yeah, 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 remember, and they mm-hmm. kept him in the conversation, kept him in the conversation until kind of a week before the game and then eliminated t- was that, was him. Was, and
3: he's still transferring anyway. Was that Tyler Huntley and uh, Troy Williams? I think so. Yeah,
2: that sounds oh, right Brandon. So I mean, part of it too is for their own benefit because they want the other quarterbacks to think they have a shot because they don't want him to leave because in all likelihood they're gonna they're gonna, you know, how many starting quarterbacks make it through the whole season anymore? I, people throw out loose percentages all the time. But it certainly ain't 100. Right. You know what
3: I mean? Uh-huh. So there's a and likelihood he, that they're going to need him. So they don't want him to leave. And even teammates get on. Uh, the players say that stuff. We heard it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kincaid with uh, Hanson Scotty. Uh, they asked him who's, who's looking good at quarterback or something like that. And he said, oh, man, it's so hard to tell.
2: Well, think about it from his perspective. You don't want to be like, "Oh, <laughs> this guy," and then, and then have the him not get a job. <laughs> yeah, and be like, "Well, guess who I'm not throwing it to?"
3: <laughs> That's true. See, everyone has an ulterior motive.
2: Eh? Well, everybody's got an agenda. Yep, you're you're totally right about that. Everybody's got an agenda, and and it's kind of the funny thing about what you put out there in the public as opposed to reality, because
3: it's going to be self interested. So where, where are the, what's the percentage that uh, Kyle Whittingham and Andy Ludwig and all the guys really are trying to figure out who their starter is versus game plan, trying to retain somebody? Because if they announce uh, so-and-so's the starter now, you're right. Someone could leave, but they want to hang on to them. So do you think they really are uncertain Last year, you thought that the whole thing was sort of a dog-and-pony show. Well, I thought
2: they promised Bentley, which I still don't think I was necessarily wrong, but he turned out really to not be terrific.
3: So this year, uh, do you think they are really studying these guys still, or do they know? I I think, once again, Charlie Brewer didn't come here to (laughs) be a backup.
2: So we'll, we'll see how it goes.
3: Well, what's so ironic about that is that Cam Rising was named the starter last year. Well, because Jake Bentley turned out to be terrible.
2: The, is that the case with Brewer? Do you think? I don't know. I, I, don't I mean, think he has so. more of a track record than Bentley did. Yeah. He does. So I, I don't know. I I thought that that Rising winning the job had more to do with Bentley than it did with Rising. But I, you know, I could be wrong about that. Certainly.
3: So I'm not quite sure what to, to what to make of, uh, Kyle Whittingham saying, "Well, we won't make a decision until after the the next scrimmage," and don't hold me to that. So, yeah, but these are you know, these artificial
2: timelines that these coaches create, right? I, I, what's the use in that? Because you you don't if you if you set a finish line, then you have to make a pronouncement,
1: right? Yeah, but if, there is no timeline. Just line. keep
2: kicking it down the road. Yeah, then you
3: don't have to make a decision really until the 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 final snap. So why did he say we won't make a decision until after the next scrimmage? Why did he say that at all? Why didn't he just kick it all the way down the road? We'll see. Yeah. I,
2: There is at least a possibility. I'm not going to say this is going to happen for sure. But they'll go, wow, it's just even closer than we thought. We wanted to make a decision. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now. Who was the – was it Cardell Jones who was the Ohio State quarterback that legit did not know that he was not going to start yeah, until yeah, yeah. the the snap of the ball? It, Cardale Jones was one of them. I think he, I think he got the job, and the other dude didn't. And I remember how humiliating it was for the other dude because they had the camera in his face on the sideline the whole game.
3: <laughs> not good. Not JT Barrett.
2: JT Barrett. Yep. Let's go to the sidelines see how J.T. Barrett's reacting to the news. <laughs> oh, not well. His whole world just crumbled moments ago, and let's just go ahead and stick him on national you know, television, th- this, shall we?
3: This is a really interesting discussion about the psyche of a quarterback because we saw that with all the rookie NFL quarterbacks and uh, the whole, the whole uh, examination of that over the weekend, and we'll get more into that. But uh, it, how, how does a coach best handle a quarterback? You know, because he's got the one guy that he thinks has the edge, but he has the other guy who he doesn't want to see transfer because he knows he's probably going to need both of those guys in order to have a successful season. So he wants to keep them both engaged uh, and and working hard. Uh, And and it just seems like that is more the case with quarterbacks than any other position. I know there are position battles all over the field and all that stuff, but quarterbacks in particular – it seems like, are kept uh, sort of trying to imagine what the coach is really thinking. And it's, it's part of the psychological game at that position. And, and we saw that over the weekend. You know, we saw certain quarterbacks like Zach Wilson. He got a little taste of NFL action. And then other quarterbacks like Justin Fields played longer and was able to be more productive. And the playbook was opened up for him. And then you have even guys like... Um, Trevor Lawrence, who was used sparingly, you know, and and coaches just sort of giving them milk before they give them meat. It's, I I think that's really interesting.
2: Well, I think part of the part of the deal is, is that only one can play, mm-hmm. and that one can play the position differently, very differently, right? Has strengths and attributes and those sorts of things, and it's the most high profile position on the field. I think that's why why so much is made of it. But you bring up Trevor Lawrence. Over-under on Urban Meyer's
3: nervous breakdown. Because <laughs> they're going to lose a lot. Did you see him on the sideline? They're going to lose it a lot. He, it was the first preseason game, and he looked
5: distressed.
2: Because there's not a lot of talent. That's a rebuild there in Jacksonville. That's going to be—
5: Yeah, but Tim Tebow looked awesome. Tough sledding. Tim
2: can't block. Who knew? <laughs> Did you see that one play when he tried to block that guy? I mean, kind of spun would, around. I would have guessed that a, that a quarterback could go out there and block. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the ridiculousness of all this. Plus, isn't he like 39 by now? It's like this is such a—didn't we define gimmick last week? Didn't we dive into that dev- definition? Doesn't this feel a little
3: gimmicky? Well, Urban does owe it, Tim. Uh, owe oh, him a chance to humiliate himself oh, or what? <laughs> oh my shot because Tim did a lot of nice things for Urban.
5: Like hiding letting, murders and things.
2: Is he letting his mom try out for the team? I mean, <laughs> is that what the the NFL is all about? But, yeah, he's going to lose I, a lot of football games. I, and I we both that, know how yeah. much Urban Meyer, how poorly
3: he handles losing. I and he's going to lose a exactly lot. Exactly. As I was si- sitting there watching that game and I thought, ooh, Urban. Uh, you know what I thought of? The first thought that came to my mind was what you always say it'll be interesting to see how good a coach Urban is when he doesn't have the best players on his side.
2: Just automatically in every game. Yeah. Because it's strange that those great players make coaches look really good. (laughs) I I mention this all the time, but it absolutely goes back to the Simpsons legendary baseball episode where Mr. Burns points at Daryl Strawberry and says, you, Strawberry, hit a home run. And then Strawberry hits a home run, and then Monty Burns says, I told him to do that. (laughs)
3: I just I look at the Urban. Okay, this is a preseason game and he looks like he's losing, you know, a yeah. bowl game or something. People forget that when he came to Utah, that Mac had one heck of a team
2: already put yeah, together. He did. And and maybe, you know, they didn't get the most out of that talent or we could go down that rabbit hole or whatever why things didn't go well at the end of of Mac's tenure, but the point remains that he had recruited a lot of really good football players and Urban came in and you know, push the right buttons and the the rest is history. But let's not pretend like he inherited a, a program that was void of talent or really anywhere close.
3: I'll say this about Urban. I think he is uh, an extremely gifted organizer, you know. And so when he has a superior talent, he can do a lot with it. But we not going to have that in yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the key point. And how will he handle Trevor Lawrence? Because, you know, tr- there's going to need to be some patience there. And some coddling. Don't coddle. What are you bit. talking about? You don't, you're you're, the, one that was saying,
2: the, you're the one that
3: was saying the Jets were going to ruin Zach Wilson. I think they might. I hope not. Well, they were they treated him with uh, tender care. So now on, one on preseason Saturday. game and you're throwing that out there? Well, I mean, so far, they've just, again, milk before meat.
2: That's really what's happening. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next uh, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: The best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Ute Camp continues on. A lot of buzz around how good this team could possibly be. Comparisons to the 2019 team. Coach Witt has uh, said he's spoken to uh, his team about the best way to handle hype.
1: Oh, sure. That's uh, always a conversation and, and blocking out the noise and and just uh, being concerned with us right now and, and improving as an individual and then improving as a team. And so, yeah, we, uh, we don't focus or talk about... You know, where we're ranked or anything like that at all, we do expect, you know, we have the goal of winning the Pac 12. That's an expectation that we place on ourselves and that uh, is in place. But as far as where we're ranked uh, in the top 25 or where we're not ranked or where we are in the Pac 12 expected to finish, we we pay no attention to that.
2: This update is brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks working from home or with a hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner, Syringa Networks. Call 3885 420 7881 or visit syringanetworks.net.
0: the big show with jake scott and gordon monson presented by big o tires with the lowest price on every tire every day with no credit needed financing options available big o tires the team you trust
2: it's a big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone sean o'connell our guy oc is going to join us at the top of the three o'clock hour uh, Gordon, and uh, any day is a good day to have Sean on, but uh, there's some news coming out of, uh, I guess, the Utah football family. John Pease passed away today. Sean uh, uh, hosted a radio show with John for a while and uh, was close to him, and I know Sean's been tweeting out about it today, so uh, we'll we'll talk to Sean about that, but uh, you and I both know John or knew John a little bit, and man, was he a kind of a he was just—he was a special guy. Had this energy, had this vibe about him that was—that was awesome. He was
3: just incredible to be around. I describe him as a classic football man. That's what—that's what I think of when I think of John Pease. And he had such an influence on football at the University of Utah. I—I—I uh, I, I did a feature column on him about six years ago, and he was so fun to talk to and so full of energy. And I, I'll I'll read you some of the quotes that he gave me at that time because I mean it was really really good stuff. Uh, and I I'm sorry it's, it's sad to say goodbye to someone but man good memories about John Pease for sure. What would you what comes to mind when? Well, you Well, I was of him? just to add to
2: the the conversation. I mean several things about his person came to mind, but it turned out to be a stroke of brilliance. Um, for Utah to have him be the defensive coordinator for a year, I still yeah. think that there are lasting impacts um, because of that decision. And, and Gordon, you know, you remember back when uh, Kalani left to go to Oregon State, and mm-hmm. that was, you know, that's a big job. That's a that's a stepping stone job. You know, it's important to be Kyle Whittingham's uh, defensive coordinator. They they usually turn out uh, pretty good. And uh, we wondered was Morgan Scali ready? You know, what uh, what direction they would go, and ended up bringing in uh, John Peace to you know, mentor and leave an impact on the, on the program. And I can't remember how long, how old John was at the time, but he's certainly well into his retirement. And he came back and remember four and a score. And, uh, remember that aggressive defense and, uh, just, um, yeah, I mean, I, that turned out to be a really brilliant move on coach Witt's mind that I think that's a decision that, uh, is still paying off. Um, next time we have Christian Cox on the air, we'll talk about that because, uh, uh, Christian will tell you all about Coach Peace and uh, and the impact that uh, he
3: left on him and in the program. Okay, so let me read you some quotes from from John Pease, and I think it honors the man to uh, to repeat some of his words. First of all, some words that were spoken about him by by his wife, Chris, uh, who said of him, "quote Living with John when he doesn't have enough to do is like being in a phone booth with a full grown golden retriever." He had that kind of energy, just constantly wanting to get into stuff and get going with stuff. Uh, This is what he said about the game he coached for half a century. He said, quote, Football is the greatest team game in the world because the object is to hit someone on every down. There's no other team game where the object is to hit the one in front of you. I enjoy it. Football players are always moving towards something. They're, they're not passive, they're not afraid, they're emotional. It's an emotional game and emotional kids play it. I love that. If you want to find out what somebody's really about, go 10 days of, of te- two a days in the heat, getting all bruised and bloodied up, you're going to discover the guys you want to be with in a street fight. It's just he, I remember him talking about how much he loved Jim McMahon. Uh, obviously, play the at BYU. And, and, and he said, and the whole group they had at BYU, the year they won the Holiday Bowl against SMU. They're down, and he comes off the field and says, you want to win this game? Let me throw the ball. And Lavelle says, okay. That kind of fight, that kind of camaraderie wins football games. I hope that's what we have here. And he was talking about that 2015 year with the Utes. So just... The kind of guy that if you imagined, if if it went to, uh, to central casting for a football coach, he's your guy. Felt like that a little bit, didn't it? Oh, and he he coached in the NFL for a while, Forever. and he's all over the speaking college of the Jags, games. yeah, yeah. So I mean, pay tribute to John Pease in, in his passing. What a what a terrific football man. Yep.
2: And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Sean about that and a lot of other stuff, a lot of youth stuff, of course, on the table. Sean O'Connell, our good friend OC, is going to jump on with us coming up right around the corner. So stay tuned for that. But let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, let's help our listeners today. People, a lot of people out there struggling with ED.
4: There are so many guys out there struggling, and I am yet to meet a man that enjoys uh, the pill. The whole process of the pill means no spontaneity. You've got side effects the next day. And our wave therapy at Wasatch Medical is helping a lot of guys. And every day we see guys that take, uh, get off the pill completely. They take it out of their lives. They're not dealing with the side effects. It only takes a few short 10-minute sessions. This is according to the Cambridge study to open up and regrow the blood vessels, improve blood flow in the bedroom when the timing is right, and get the normal function back That's what a lot of guys are experiencing, and that's a great thing for relationships.
2: We talk about it a lot, I know, Andrew, but it's important. All the the science you alluded to a study there, but it just keeps coming out over, you know, uh, just repeatedly confirming that this is such an effective treatment.
4: Yes, it's totally irrefutable at this point, I think. Uh, Almost 50 clinical studies. I'm yet to read one that says there's a side effect or this doesn't work. They say this regrows the blood vessels, it improves blood flow, it's been called the new standard of care for erectile dysfunction, and I think it's going to continue. Uh, The pill may someday be a thing of the past, and this will be the new standard.
2: 801-901-8000, that is the number to call. Get on the schedule, uh, see the doctor, and find out this is a good fit, right?
4: So much for free. You can always, by the way, come in and take the free, and uh, that's it. You don't have to do treatments. You'll meet with our doctor. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. You'll get a gift that is worth the trip. It produces powerful results in the bedroom. And if you feel like you've got a need for testosterone, we'll handle the testosterone and the blood work, and it's all totally no charge.
2: 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew.
4: Thank you, guys. OC jumps
2: on with us next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
3: Now let's get this party
0: started! This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Let's talk
4: some Utah football. Joining us, Van Fillinger, obviously a weird year last year. You play five games, and you, you participated in all those five games for Utah. For that being your freshman year, you're probably finding out what the real experience of being a college football player <laughs> yeah. is
1: like this year. Yeah, it was really weird last year, honestly.
5: And the thing is, is, like it's not completely back to normal yet. We still wear masks in the facility, so it's definitely better than it was last year. But it was real weird last year. I mean, no fans and anything at the games, and... You know, I'm a big, uh, like, I feed off the energy that the fans bring and stuff. So I'm real excited to get after it this year and have a full stadium.
0: Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.